Last Sunday, we had a great time together in worship on Harvest Sunday uh, with a unified worship service, and a special thanks to all those who helped by inviting friends and, and farmers from around the community, uh, by bringing chili, by setting up, cleaning up, by eating chili, whatever you did, we want to thank you. And yeah, and I know everybody present was blessed by your service to the Lord. And last Sunday, our topic was gratitude is essential. Now, today we're going to take that one step further and say that praising God is essential. Uh, because praise is gratitude expressed. If you never express your gratitude, then it's hard to know you're grateful, right? We've got to express the gratitude. So praise uh, is an important topic in the Scriptures, and in fact, it's not at all a mystery topic. The word praise is used 261 times in the English Scriptures, and so praise is a major action step in our worship of God. Now, we're headed to Psalm chapter 92 this morning for our reading, Psalm chapter 92, and I hope you'll be here tonight for a special worship and communion service, 530. Uh, looking forward to being with all of you, and we will uh, soon be announcing uh, the Christmas schedule that's uh, coming up. I know that Christmas Sunday this year is December 20th. And it's also the day for the Christmas offering, and we'll let you know more about that. Psalm chapter 92, and we'll read there the first six verses as we get started today. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning, and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. So we see it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High God. But we're going to find out in some other passages in the Psalms today that praise is more than just a good thing. It's an essential part of our faith. It is a must in the family of God. After all, God has given us abundant reasons to praise His name, and praise should be a regular habit in the life of a, of a believer. Uh, you may have noticed there in verse 6 that only fools fail to understand the importance of praise. Did you see that? It says, neither doth a fool understand this. Well, only a self-absorbed fool can find nothing to praise God for. Uh, if you don't have a praise at the forefront of your mind, we really have to question what's in your mind, okay? Because God uh, has done so many amazing things for all of us. And to help us with this area of praise, we want to see some scriptural specifics today regarding our praise as we walk through uh, some places here in the Psalms. And the notes are provided in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. They're also on the YouVersion app, and we're going to go to a lot of different places today. I would encourage you 
uh, to turn to as many as you can, and let's study the Word of God together. Let's start with this topic, praise Him with the whole heart. And let's go to Psalm chapter 9. Praise Him with the whole heart. Uh, if your heart's not in it, then praise is meaningless. Look at verse number 1, Psalm 9. I will praise Thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all Thy marvelous works. I'll be glad and rejoice in Thee. I will sing praises to Thy name, O Thou Most High. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at Thy presence. For Thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou saddest in the throne, judging right. You know, if your heart is not into praising God, then when you do it, it's just a religious exercise. And we don't praise God uh, to be able to check off marks uh, in a notebook. We don't praise God because there's somebody up in heaven keeping a whiteboard record, okay? We praise Him because He is the Most High God, and all praise belongs to Him. Uh, nothing puts a damper on a relationship like half-hearted expressions of love. Can you imagine uh, you had just met the person of your dreams, the one you wanted to spend the rest of your life with, uh, your one and only, and she said, uh, are you going to call me tomorrow? And you said, you know, maybe, maybe. If I'm not too busy, I'll call you tomorrow. Uh, if I get everything else done, you know, if I have time, I'll call you tomorrow. And how many of you think that would have gone over really well? Do you think that would have worked? Uh, what if you had said, you know, if I get done talking to that other girl, then I'll call you? <laughs> that would be an uh-oh, okay? Uh-oh, you would have been in big trouble. Oh, why? Because she didn't want half of Johnny's heart. She wanted all of Johnny's heart. And, and God doesn't want lukewarm praise. In fact, uh, lukewarm praise makes God sick to his stomach. God wants wholehearted praise. And what's more, he knows the heart. And because he knows the heart, he knows whether our praise is wholehearted. Uh, you say, you think people would fake praising God just so other people would think they're praising God? Yeah, I think they would. I think people would fake just about anything, right? Just in life in general, people fake things to get approval from their peers. But God said it's about the heart. It's about the whole heart. Now, I want you to go forward to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. And we're going to read the, just the first three verses here. And we'll continue in our study. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. So we see this next one. He alone is worthy of praise. He alone is worthy of praise. If you can't praise God, then you have no room to praise anything. Uh, he is the only one worthy of praise. There's none like Him. There's nothing to be compared to Him. 
Uh, I love what it says in Revelation 4. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Uh, chapter 5 in Revelation, the scene before the throne of God, uh, as the angels cry out, worthy is the lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Let's consider this for a moment. If there is only one God, and if He alone is worthy of praise, then praising Him makes all the sense in the world. In fact, refusing to praise Him makes absolutely no sense. Uh, it is what our original passage calls brutish, B-R-U-T-I-S-H, which basically means an animal that lives based upon appetites, like a beast with no rational thought. And so you could say this legitimately, scripturally, smart people know that He alone is worthy of praise, right? So if you believe that God's worthy of praise this morning, you're smart. Uh, Romans 1 says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, there are a lot of people on this earth today who refuse to praise God. They refuse to acknowledge Him, and God calls them fools. And, and so we should take note of this and understand that He alone is worthy of praise. Now, I want to move to Psalm 22. And if you ever study Psalm 22, it is one of the prophetic psalms that gives specifics uh, about the death of burial and resurrection of Jesus and His kingdom reign uh, over a thousand years before Jesus would come on the scene. Uh, so Psalm 22, and we're going to skip down to verse number 22. Now, this is the portion uh, that the crucifixion goes to the resurrection. And uh, you see this, He's going to go to His brethren. Verse 22, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Okay, so this is a, a prophecy of the resurrection. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek Him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before Thee. And so let's talk about praise Him in the congregation. Now, praise is something uh, to do on your own. You should definitely do it on your own, but it's also something to do with other like-minded believers. Uh, Psalm 67 has a verse that it repeats twice. Verse 3 and verse, verse 5 both say the same thing. Let all the people praise thee, O God. Let the people praise thee. Uh, in another psalm it says, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. And it, praise is a corporate activity, but it's also a form of spreading the gospel. How do people without God hear who God is? Well, it's often through the sincere praise offered by the children of God. 
when we make a joyful noise to God, other people hear it, other people see it, it makes them consider their own lives. Uh, I don't know if you caught the verse 27 there in chapter 22, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. Uh, it is a showing forth of who God is to the world around us. We have our special corporate praise service tonight. Looking forward to that. Tuesday night, uh, night of thanks. I hope you'll be able to get together uh, at least with your family and possibly with some friends and neighbors or a small group for night of thanks because praising God with other people is life-changing and earth-changing. And one of the ways that we praise together is this next one. Praise Him with singing. Praise Him with singing. So that's the next one. Uh, I love what it says in Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise Him. Uh, Psalm 40 says, He has put a new song in my mouth. Uh, if you look over at Psalm 69, I want to show you uh, one of the interesting passages on praising God with song, Psalm 69, and I want you to see verse number 30. It says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. And, and so it's clear here that praising God sincerely in song pleases God more than symbolic religious acts. Making a joyful noise to God is a beautiful act of worship. I'm usually the chauffeur uh, for our daughter Sophie uh, on the morning of school days to take her to school. And, and she has been practicing for her Christmas uh, program, the Christmas program where they sing songs and do a play. And she has been practicing it all the way to school, okay, every day at the top of her lungs. And I usually, in the car, I'll listen to news or something, and I'll try to turn it up, and she'll just overpower it. I mean, she's stronger than the radio. And I love to hear her praise God with her voice. Uh, Thursday morning, we had a little friend that came with us, the two-year-old, uh, came with us to school early, and he was backing her up. So every phrase she would do, he would say the last word again, right? So uh, it was kind of this experience that is very rare in life. I, I love to hear uh, people praise God with their voice. I can't even imagine how much God loves it. Uh, don't ever lose your song to the Lord. You know, you may not be able to carry a tune in a bucket, okay? There, there may never have been a person ever who said, man, you're a great singer, Okay, maybe your mother didn't even say it. And that could be rough because most mothers, they at least say, bless your heart. You know, at least on your team somewhat. Uh, but, but when you lift your voice sincerely to God, no matter who you are, it pleases Him. He loves it more than any routine religious act in your life. Uh, he loves it like a grandparent loves a picture that was colored by their grandchild. 
Yeah, that grandparent likes that picture more than a Picasso, right? Although they wouldn't mind the funding that comes with the Picasso. But uh, God loves this better than religious acts. And, and so he says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Now I want you to go to Psalm 34, and let's see this next one. Praise Him continually. Praise Him continually. And this continual praise isn't about time on the clock. It's more about there never being a time when you set your attitude of praise aside. Historians tell us that David... Uh, wrote this psalm, Psalm 34, during a very difficult circumstance. He was running for his life. Uh, Saul was desperately trying to have him killed. And for fear of Saul, David escaped into Philistine territory, the enemies of Israel. And of all the places he could have chosen, he chose the city of Gath. And it just so happens that Gath was the hometown of this guy that David had met. You may have heard of him. His name was Goliath. And there were still people in Gath uh, who wanted David dead, including the king. And here David shows up in the city. And, uh, and David immediately thought, uh-oh, this is a big mistake. He began to act like he was a crazy man. Uh, he spit all over his own beard. He stood out with the lunatics by the gate of the city. And the king of Gath said, get rid of him. He's a crazy man. And, and it's during this situation that David penned these words, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, delivered me from all my fears. You know, David was convinced that God was worthy of praise at all times, that there was never a situation when he couldn't praise God. And it's the same way for us. We can and should praise God during every season and situation that He allows into our lives. Now, let's go a little further into the Psalms to Psalm chapter 42. As we talk about these situations in our lives, uh, I, I want you to see in Psalm 42, it's a beautiful psalm, and uh, look at what it says here in verse number 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. Now look at verse 6. He says, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee. You know, David must have had a habit that maybe you have. He talked to himself. I don't know if any of you talked to yourself, but he, he talked to himself. It was a regular thing that he did. And when he got into a situation that was rough, that, and there was no hope, he had to tell himself, hey, self, don't be disquieted. Hope in God, because he will yet help you. He's going to lift you up. Look down at verse number 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. 
In the next chapter, look at verse 5, chapter 43. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. And he says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. When there is no hope, hope in God, because you'll still be able to praise him, no matter what takes place. And, and God makes the case to us in these Psalms that praise is the pathway out of discouragement. Praise is the pathway out of doubt. It's the path out of self-pity. It's the path out of being betrayed and mistreated. I love the phrase from verse 8. This is one of my favorites. Right in the middle of verse 8. It says, In the night His song shall be with me. In the night His song shall be with me. Our God gives hope. And when we talk about hoping in God, we're not talking about a wish or a dream. We're talking about a certainty. Uh, when God says hope, He's talking about something that's certain. Like in Titus chapter 1, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And so hoping in God is never a wasted action. It's a part of our praise. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Let's go to chapter 47. And I want you to see uh, verses 6 and 7 here. Psalm 47, 6 and 7. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Okay, so praise Him with understanding. This is a crucial one. We don't praise God carelessly. We don't praise God formally or religiously. We praise God with understanding. We don't just call out with vain words like the heathen do and repetitions to their idols. We call out with precision, uh, with awareness of God's greatness. And uh, I looked up the phrase uh, to see what it means in Hebrew, and it literally means to sing a psalm of instruction. To sing a psalm of instruction, we should know why we're praising God. We should know the meaning behind our own words. Otherwise, praising God is just a vain exercise. Have you ever found yourself singing songs to God, but you weren't really even thinking about the words? Yeah, I have. Have you ever found yourself reading your Bible while you're thinking about what kind of ice cream you need to pick up at the party tomorrow? I mean, we are easily distracted, folks. We, we easily have our minds run here and there. And did you know that the enemy is just fine with you praising God as long as it's meaningless, as long as it's half-hearted, as long as you don't even make an effort to understand what you're saying? God's fine with you coming to church as long as you just don't tune in to the message, right? God's fine with you owning a Bible just as long as you never open it. God's fine, or not God, the enemy, sorry, I don't want to get, I don't want to confuse you, I'm confusing myself as usual, but we praise God with understanding. We put some thought into it, we put some effort into it. Now this is the halfway point, and I hope everybody's still with me, and lock in, because now we're going to go to Psalm chapter 78. 
And this is such a powerful one, this instruction that we are given next in Psalm 78, starting at verse number 4. And I, I have underlined a lot of this passage uh, in my Bible because it, it's so crucial and important to us. Psalm 78, 4. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And so here's praise Him to the next generation. Praise Him to the next generation. How does a generation know how to praise God? Well, they learn it from the previous generation. And if a generation skips, if a generation hides them from their children, then how will they know how to praise God? You can look at history and see times when a generation has hidden God from their children, and it has opened entire civilizations up for disaster. There are countries in Europe where the churches are completely empty because one generation skipped giving the praises of God to the next generation. And this is why living out Christianity at home is so important. Uh, the influence of the home environment is the greatest factor in the character and interests of a person. How did you learn to hold a fork? How did you learn to cut with a knife? How did you learn to bait a fishing hook? Uh, How did you learn to sew a button? Obviously, there are thousands of actions that you learn through home environment. Uh, I told first service that our, our son Dawson, he's in the army now, and his handwriting is worse than a doctor's. Like, you can't read it. You have no idea what he's saying. And sometimes he doesn't even know what he's saying with his handwriting. And I was on him one day about it. I was like, Dawson, good grief, man. Write something where we can understand it. And my wife reminded me that his teacher, the year that he was learning to write, was his father at home. And that he was supposed to be learning to write under my tutelage. And uh, apparently, I completely failed the kid, and he has no idea how to write now. Uh, And so I didn't pass that down. You know, there's a a major component of our beliefs that come from home environment, right? How you learn to pray, Uh, how you learn to give an offering to God, how you learn what a tithe is, how you learn the books of the Bible. And look, if praise is absent in the home, there is a crushing void in the next generation. And yes, God's all-powerful, and God can, and He does work through children's ministries and youth ministries and small groups to develop those who believe. But the best heart that can be developed for God is the heart of a child. And your praise, or lack thereof, holds big implications on the future of your family, on the future of this church, on the future of this nation. 
Have your kids ever heard you praise God at home? Have your kids ever seen you open like an actual paper Bible at your house? Have they ever seen you open one at church? See, we've got to lead the way, folks. Uh, The young people, they don't just catch on if we don't show them anything. If they haven't seen it, then your praising God at church won't matter. You can show up to church every Sunday for their entire childhood, and if you don't praise God at home, they will walk as soon as they become adults. We will not hide them from our children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Ah, You don't have to make it a big production. Just naturally open your mouth and praise God. And maybe ask at dinner, what's something we can praise God for tonight? And it starts with simple conversations with everybody involved. But if there's a void... If your home doesn't have God at its center, if your home life is just like the home life of any non-Christian family in the neighborhood, there's going to be a lot of regret down the road. Praise Him to the next generation, now, while there's an opportunity. There's no way to possibly stress this enough. Get off the phones and devices for a while and practice praising God together. You will never regret time spent in family worship. But you know, there are thousands of hours of other stuff that it's going to add up to emptiness in your family's story. And, and so praise has to be real. It has to be intentional. And maybe this is the takeaway you need from today's message because quite honestly, it is possible that you've been hiding God from the people in your own house. And if you won't praise Him at home, you for sure won't praise Him to the nations, okay? If you won't praise Him at home, there's no way you're going to be sharing Him to your neighbors. It all starts at home. And I would overdo it, right? If you want your kids to grow up knowing God and knowing His Word, I would get the biggest Bible you can, bring it to church, along with a pocket protector full of pens, and a mark in the Bible, and at home, don't let them put anything on your Bible. We respect the Word of God. Overdo the praise that is meaningful to God, because it shows up in the next generation. There's a reason why I won't let anybody set anything on my Bible, on my desk. And sometimes kids come in and set stuff, and they don't know, and I freak out. Um, It's because my dad was that way. He didn't want anything on his Bible. The only thing he'd put on top of his Bible was another Bible. That's it. And where did I get that from? I got it from him. That we pass things down. And it's so important that we pass down meaningful praise. If our kids see us get more excited about a movie coming out than they do about the Word of God, we lose them. If our kids see us more excited about a football team than about bringing the Bible to the the attention, bringing it alive in their lives, we lose them. You say, Pastor, could you get off this one? I'll get off this one. Here we go. Let's move on to the next one. Praise Him for His greatness. I want you to go with me to Psalm 96. Psalm 96. Praise Him for His greatness. You know, this this is an interesting one. Because when we talk about God's greatness, it is difficult for us to relate. Now think about it. He's all-powerful. He is ever-present. 
He's all-knowing. He's eternal. He's unchangeable. He's entirely holy. He's incapable of error. He's immortal. He's the definition of love. He's the giver of life. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He's so big that nothing anywhere can contain him. That's tough to relate to. When you read Psalm 96, you'll sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. It says in Psalm 48, great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. Uh, I love the end of Romans 11. It says, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways, past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Who hath been His counselor? Who hath first given to Him, and it shall be recompensed to Him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. And, and so we praise him for his greatness. And whether or not we can understand it, whether or not we know how to explain it, but then we also praise him for his goodness. And this, this one is one of my favorites because uh, I know that I am incapable of fully comprehending God's greatness. But goodness, I can relate a little more to goodness. Uh, the Lord is good. And God is good no matter the circumstances. When things are bad, God is good. When things are good, God is good. Look at Psalm 107. And we don't have time to read the psalm, but I, I want to highlight a few verses uh, here in Psalm 107. Uh, check out verse number 8. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Look at verse 15. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. How about verse 21? Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. How about verse 31? Oh, that man would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Do you think that may be important to God, uh, that we understand that He's good? The goodness of God endures continually. I looked at some of the phrases from the Psalms regarding God's goodness, and here's just a few of them. Uh, good and upright is the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, for the Lord is good, His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. That one's repeated five times. Uh, the Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. And folks, we can praise God for His goodness, because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And, and when a believer does something in the name of Jesus... The goodness of God is recognized. It's not great and majestic as something only the supreme being can do, 
but it is clearly the same God, and His goodness is evident. Now, I'm not sure if you realize this, but on our own, none of us are good, okay? You'll hear people say all the time, well, you know, people in this country are basically good. Well, actually, no, okay? Actually, not. <laughs> There's none righteous, no, not one, right? People in the city, re they really all just have good hearts, well, actually, no. No, they don't. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it, right? Well, the people in this, this state, they just have it all figured out. Well, actually, no, they don't, right? We have all gone out of the way. We're together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. Only in Christ are we made righteous, and in Christ, we're created to do good works as members of God's family. And so praising Him for His goodness is an important aspect of our worship that is actually tied to the purpose God has for our lives. I want to finish up in Psalm 150 this morning. And we're going to see these last several instructions all contain in this psalm. Psalm 150 is the last psalm within the set of psalms. Praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Now, out of that psalm, let, let's see these last several. Yeah, they all are pretty easy for us to connect with. Let's start with praise Him everywhere. Praise Him everywhere. Uh, no matter where you are, it is a place to praise God. There is no location where his name is not praised. And you see that there at the beginning of the psalm. No matter where it's at, uh, we praise God. And so praise him everywhere. And then uh, we see praise him in everything. Praise him in everything. There's no circumstance that you'll ever be in where you should withhold praise from God. Right? There's never a time in your life where you say, oh, you know, I can't praise God for this one. Uh, in health, praise God. In sickness, praise God. In wealth, praise God. In poverty, praise God. In freedom, praise God. In bondage, praise God. In joy, praise God. In sorrow, praise God. In peace, praise God. In conflict, praise God. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so we praise Him in everything. And then we praise Him in every way. You see this list of the trumpet, the psaltery, the harp, the dance, the stringed instruments, the organs, the cymbals. We praise God with musical instruments. We praise God with song. Uh, praise God with the works of your hands. Ecclesiastes, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Uh, praise God with your relationships. Praise God with your human interactions. Praise God with your attitude. 
Praise God with your thoughts. Praise God with your actions. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And can I tell you that this one action step will protect your testimony in every facet of your life? If you only did what you did to praise God, I'm guessing there'd be some things you'd no longer do. Right? If you didn't do anything that diminished the name of Jesus, I'm guessing that would change your thought pattern and your decision making. And so don't hold any part of your life back from being accountable to praise, from being dedicated to praise. Praise Him in everything. And then praise Him, everyone. Praise Him, everyone. Every creature was made to praise God. Because it is not He, uh, it, because it is He that has made us and not we ourselves. And, and only He is worthy of praise because He's the creator of all things. I like that middle part of chapter 148. Starting in verse 8 there. Uh, Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruit, uh, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord. For His name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. And that pretty much covers it. And no created thing is exempt from praising God. I think you noticed, hopefully you did, the way that the psalm ends, the very end of the psalms. Uh, 150 chapters. How does it end? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. All created things are made to praise God. And that includes you. And, and so is praising God an essential in your life? Is it a once-a-year thing? Is it a churchy thing? Or is it a daily part of your existence and your home? Is it real? Is it wholehearted? Uh, are you able to lift to God your praises in a wholehearted way? Praise God from whom all blessing flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Father, we thank you that we could come and praise you today in the midst of the congregation. We thank you that we have the opportunity to extend praise to you in every area of our lives, that there's nothing exempt from praise. And I pray to you today, God, that you would strengthen our praise walk with you, that you would help us to live out our praise and to teach praise to the next generation in an authentic way. 
Uh, I pray that you would reward us for praising you and for following you with our lives. Guide us now as we go from this place this week and as we celebrate the, the area of thanksgiving in our lives throughout this week, uh, I pray that you remind us of the ways that you've blessed us and strengthen us as your children. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.